0: Amen. Um, I want to. They did a throwback song tonight. Whether that may have been a probably was a new song to you guys, but it wasn't new to me. It was a not really an old song, but an older song. God, You Reign. It's a song from probably five to ten years ago, maybe five years. But the thought I had in the middle of that song is Steve Houts, our former guitar player. He would just shred that song. It was one of those that I just couldn't wait to get out of the way. If y'all didn't know, I used to lead worship, would get out of the way and just let him. He, he, was, he was just an older, ponytail, rough-looking guy, funniest guy you'd ever meet, and he passed away about, I don't know, three to six months ago. I can't remember how long it's been, but what a, what a neat feeling to have and just to remember him. I just, uh, it's kind of that time, the holidays, you, you remember those that you love, and um, just, just wanted to say that. You guys remember Steve. Amen? Amen. All right. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Uh, it has been since, I think, November 17th uh, since I preached this last. And um, to be honest with you, I was asking the Lord, Lord, I kind of think I need to move on. And he's like, no, 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 go back and look at it. And I went back and read it and really, through the message translation, feel like something jumped off the page at me again. But yesterday, as I was preparing and praying... Actually, it was today. Um, as I was praying, I just had this thought, Lord, what would ha- what would it look like if you were to show up and preach tonight? Now, I, I can't tell you that I had an absolute thus saith the Lord moment, but I tried to look real hard as if Jesus Christ showed up here tonight to preach a sermon to us, what would it be? And I, I want you to know that any time that you sit under a uh, spirit-filled, Bible-believing, gospel-believing church that the Spirit of God is there to speak. So I'm not trying to say I'm like Jesus stepping in, but I do have the Spirit of Jesus in me, and I believe that what, I've stirred, what stirred in me today was, was to ask a couple questions. And I'm going to go back to 2 Corinthians 12 and give you what I've got, but I do want to ask you a couple questions that I had. Actually, I was riding an exercise bike and just started praying, and then this is what I got, is we know his sermons, we know his topics, we know what he would preach on, and I don't want to get away from that. In fact, let me just start there. Repent. Repent. Simplify everything and take a, take a look at your household, take a look at what's going on in your mind and in your life, and Repent. It's, uh, we just sang tonight, um, talking about the simple gospel. This is simple. To every, every, not every now and then, but regularly take a look at what's going on with you and lay it before the Lord. Let him have it and let him deal with it and then walk it out. Uh, what, but, but what I felt like the Lord was saying to me is, what is keeping you from being in the word every day? If you're not in the Word on a daily basis, what's keeping you from it? And go attack that. Because 30 minutes, an hour a week, two hours a week coming to church isn't enough. It was never the intention for you to get everything that you need in the two hours that we're at church. Never. He gave you His Spirit so that He would be with you at all times to teach you and to lead you and to guide you. He gave you his word so that it would be with you at all times, not just on Sundays when the preacher is preaching it to you. So what is hindering you from being in the word? And write it down. Get after it. What is hindering you from building a relationship with the spirit of God? We've learned over the last uh, few months about the Holy Spirit and about his role, that Jesus is gone. The man is gone. We do not have him to walk with, but he sent us his spirit that he would be with us at all times to comfort us, to speak to us. You know, the Holy Spirit confirms himself in us. He's speaking what the Father is saying. So we should be having dialogue with him daily. He's with us daily. How many of you need to make decisions daily? How many of you have thoughts that need to be dealt with daily? How many of you have challenges that show up at your doorstep daily? He's with you. You may say, "Well, I just need to wait until I have an issue." Well, fine. You'll be talking to him all day. Do you follow me? What is hindering you from building that that that? Uh, That relationship, I believe if Jesus were here, he would say, I've sent my spirit, but you never talked to me. But we don't have a relationship. Why? What is that thing that's keeping you from it? And then when you get in the word, are you doing it? I really felt like I, not that this is some big revelation, but I felt like the Lord said, look, I've given you this seed. I've given you the thing, I've given you what you need, but you have to sow it. We have to take the seed and sow it. And I want you to think about what God has done for us when we sow. We have no control over whether it rains. We have no control over whether the sun comes out and gives it the nutrients that it needs. We have no control over that seed being in the ground and splitting and coming alive and coming up and giving forth fruit. That's all on God's part. Our part is just to take the word of God and do it and let him do all the stuff that is promised when we do his word. But we have the seed in our hand. You could say, Pastor, I know the word. I know, how to, I, I know what it is. I've got it in me. I have the spirit of God, but I'm not doing it. So here you sit with this treasure. Here you sit with this potential, but it never gets used. If you remember from the talents, the the parable of the talents, the one guy said, I know you to be a shrewd man, so I just buried it. Nothing grew from it. And Jesus says, you don't know me. If you knew me, you would have at least put it in the bank and grown it some. But here we sit with talents, with gifts, with seed with blessing that we don't even recognize. And the Lord says, I'm going to bless you with what you have. You don't have to have something show up in the mail. What you have, I'll bless you with. You remember the woman that, uh, that was that was broke, was about to have to um, sell her. I, I'm probably going to mess this up, but she was in heavily in debt, um, and she was about to lose her family. And, and Elijah, I believe it was Elijah, says, what do you have? She says, I got a little jar of oil. Okay, then go get all the cups you can get. Go get all the jars you can get. God took what she had. But she could have gone and gotten five jars. She could have gone and gotten one jar. And I believe that if, when they started pouring, it would have stopped when the jar, the faith of the woman that the woman had to go out and get, it would have stopped with what she got. Instead, she got all that she could. And it poured until everyone was full and she paid all her debts, and it was enough to carry her for the rest of her life. Out of her debt and her emergency, her crisis, her world coming to an end, God gave such provision out of what she already had because she sowed it, and he filled it. She came out of being in a desperate situation to being cared for for the rest of her life. So, Again, I, w- I believe that the Lord would say, I have done, I've done the cross, I've given you my word, I've given you a church, I've given you a job, I've given, what? look at what I've given you. Why aren't you using it? We are not to just be hearers of the word, but doers. Doers, say Doers. What is hanging you up from doing the word? And then finally, are you, why, what is hanging you up from serving? What is hanging you up from serving? Serving in the church. Serving in the body of Christ. So I, I just want to encourage you. This is a real good um, New Year's resolution type thing to start off your new year. But I hate waiting for New Year's to start something good. I don't get it. Why not start now? Don't wait for New Year's. Um, I, I always bring this up. But you guys just forgive me because I, I just do it. Y'all are just gonna. Have, I, you get my stories. So when I started Weight Watchers in 2008, it was like December 27th. And Elizabeth says, "Why don't you just wait till after New Year's? We'll be through the parties. You won't have to suffer through that." And I'm like, "Well, then I'll just have to lose another five pounds." It's just another. It's, the mountains just gotten bigger because we're gonna start then. Let's start now. She's like, okay. So she cooked appetizers that just suited me. I'm telling you what, I've got a rock star. We call her the crock star um, down here, because she's she because she teaches. She takes PhD classes and she cooks every single night, and it's usually in the crock pot. And man, we love. She's a crock star, man. I'm telling you and half the time she's not even there while we eat and we've got this unbelievable meal. You're you're awesome. But she started with me and lost the weight. Anyway, don't wait. It's never the wrong time to do the right thing. Never. Let me give you another quote. If you aim at nothing, you'll hit it every time. So aim at something. And let that something be doing God's word, getting in His word and doing it. His word says that He is watching over His word, waiting to perform it. He is just waiting to perform it in your life. Yeah, come on. I want to encourage you. Our church is a loving, great church. Bring people in here, invite people. Enough of this. Let's go. Let's let's let people know how good God is. And it's not, church is not about the pulpit. Church is about the people. Let's love on people. What was so awesome is what was happening before service. Everybody hanging out out there and me aggravating people about their Christmas sweaters. I hit two of you and both of you were looking at me like, is he saying my sweater is ugly? (laughs) By the way, we're having an ugly Christmas sweater contest next Wednesday night so if you have on a cute Christmas sweater and you win um, we'll pray for you (laughs) it's so funny because it's an awkward thing when the winner is the winner and like did you think your Christmas sweater was ugly no like well okay we love you anyway (laughs) Uh, ugly Christmas sweater Uh, as well as uh, or uh, just little snacks and and we also do Christmas, I don't, uh, Ron, are you in here? Ron was here. Um, we usually do Christmas Jeopardy or some type of Jeopardy. We have a real big throwdown uh, contest here in the sanctuary during that service. So come, it's a lot of fun and good fellowship. Okay, Second Corinthians chapter 12. Um, I'm going to just zip through the first, uh, first five verses um, that's not what I'm wanting to get to, but I do want to read it to you. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 12. This is from the message translation. And if you remember, Paul's been kind of frustrated with the church saying, you've been giving me a hard time saying I'm tougher away from you when I'm writing the letters, but when I show up, I'm a weakling. And if anybody knows the personality of Paul, that's the opposite of who he is. The fact that he could even be gentle, I believe, was the grace of God working in his life um, after seeing kind of who, who Paul is. But right here, uh, 2 Corinthians 12, you forced me to talk this way. Mikey, if you don't care, I'm going to give it over to you. You forced me to talk this way, and I do it against my better judgment. But now that we're at it, I like that. You know, you forced me to act this way, but I knew better. But since we're going down this road, I might as well bring up the matter of visions and revelations that God gave me. For instance, I know a man 14 years ago was seized by Christ and swept in ecstasy, to the heights of heaven, I really don't know if this took place in the body or out of it. Only God knows. I also know that this man was hijacked into paradise again. Whether in or out of the body, I don't know. God knows. There he heard an unspo- uh, unspeak- the unspeakable spoken, but was forbidden to tell what he heard. This is the man I want to talk to you about. But about myself, I'm not saying another word apart from the humiliations. Verse six. If I had a mind to brag a little, I probably could do it without looking ridiculous, and I'd still be speaking plain truth all the way. But I'll spare you. I don't want anyone imagining me as anything other than the fool you'd encounter if you saw me on the street or heard me talk. He's sitting here saying, and if you went back, and I don't know if you all realize this, but I skipped chapter 11 because it was a pretty big rant about how he had been beaten, how he had been through so much, and people are giving him such a hard time but Paul's saying, you know, if you want to compare who's been through what, I'll stand up toe-to-toe with you. Anybody who wants to go up against me, I can stand. And he's saying I don't want to boast about myself, but I've been through stuff too. So you can see that here. He's saying I can probably brag about myself without looking r- ridiculous and still be speaking the truth, but I don't want to go there. Um, it's a real incredible thing to see how the Spirit of God really transformed him. It was a. It was a I mean, it was a flash of light. It was a complete transformation that happened to the Apostle Paul. But he says, I'll spare you. I don't want anyone imagining me as anything other than the fool you'd encounter if you saw me on the street or heard me talk. Now, here we go in verse 7. This is where I want to be. Because of the extravagance of those revelations, and so I wouldn't get a big head, I was given the gift of a handicap to keep me in constant touch with my limitations. Now I know this is from the message. So if you're a if you're a Bible scholar and you're used to the New King James or the King James or the NIV, this is about the thorn in the flesh. Okay, when it talks about the thorn in the flesh, that's what it, that's this scripture. He's saying because of the extravagance of those revelations and so he wouldn't get the big head, he was given the gift of a handicap to keep him in constant touch with his limitations. Satan's angel did his best to keep me down, but what in fact he did was push me to my knees. I love the imagery that the message takes from this because the struggle that he was dealing with, and we're going to see he asked the Lord to Take this away three times. But the struggle that Satan was trying to use on Paul literally forced him to a place where he could only turn to God. Instead of it becoming a handicap for Paul, it caused Paul to get down on his knees. I love that. I love where this where this story, where this account is going. That instead of being the victim... And him wallowing in self-pity, he went to his knees. And it became obvious that Paul is saying that I need the Lord. One of the most educated people in all of Scripture that we've ever seen, um, how the power of God has worked through him, how he would say, that forced me to my knees. As we continue on. No danger then of walking around... No danger then of walking around high and mighty. At first I didn't think of it as a gift and I begged God to remove it. Three times I did that and he told me, my grace is enough. It's all you need. My strength comes into its own in your weakness. I want to go way back to when we were learning about the Holy Spirit, and I just ask the Spirit of God to be speaking to you. We are reading his word, and I ask for revelation, for you to have revelation. Because I want to reread this. No danger then of walking around high and mighty, because it ha- because this, this thorn in his flesh, this thing has so lowered him to a point of a great need of God at first, he didn't see it as a gift, and he begged the Lord to remove it. But God said, my grace is enough. It's all you need. My strength comes into its own in your weakness. His strength comes into its own. I don't even believe that that means that strength comes because we're weak. But that strength is fulfilled. It comes into its own. It, 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 it takes over. Do you follow that? It's not. It doesn't just say my strength. Um, what did it say? My strength comes in your weakness. It says my strength comes into its own. I think that that's a whole other level. Can you follow that? That, that his strength is, is, com- is brought to completion. It's not some little pick-me-up, a B12 shot. It is brought to its completion in your weakness. I love that his strength comes because of our weakness. Because we recognize that we're not God and we are weak and we are needy. I want you to know the beatitudes. The first beatitude says, "Blessed are the poor in spirit." And what that means is blessed are the poor, and one translation says needy. Blessed are those that will recognize their great need those that don't have a need don't need God Jesus said I did not come for the healthy I came for the sick I didn't come for those that had it all together I came for those that didn't and if we can get to a point of recognize we don't have it together and we have a need we are positioned to be blessed are y'all with me? When we realize our weakness, how many of you have had to been taken down many notches before you would recognize to turn to God? I I'm regret to say that normally is how it has to happen with me. <laughs> you, you know, a, a, as men and as the, t- the type of personality that I have, try to do everything on my own. Try think I can do it. And so many times it takes, you know, he says that he exalts the humble. He exalts the humble. And he does the opposite to the prideful. But in my weakness, in my weakness, his strength comes. So I continue on. Once I heard that, I was glad to let it happen. I quit focusing on the handicap and began appreciating the gift. It was a case of Christ's strength moving in on my weakness. I believe that so many of us sit dwelling on our handicap. When the Lord's saying, if you will get your focus off your handicap and get to work with what I've given you, I'll overcome that handicap. I'll do in you what you couldn't have done without the handicap. If you, will, what I, what I so see here is he's taken his focus off of being the victim, and said, "Okay, God, whatever happens, I'm coming after you." Once I heard that, I was glad to let it happen. I quit focusing on the handicap. Quit focusing on. Um, Your shortcomings. I was reading a, a book today. The the, the author of uh, the Holy Spirit book, John Bevere, he's written a book called uh, Good or God that we're reading as a staff together. And he felt the Spirit of God speak to him to write books way early in his ministry. And he said he was a terrible writer. But the Lord said, I want you to write a book. And he fought with him. And again, it was in his weakness that his strength came. It was in his obedience and in his weakness that he used this man in his weakness and out of his obedience. And he's, a, he's an incredible author. So, the Lord may have called you to do something or you may feel like the Lord's asking you to serve in an area, but maybe you're handicapped in that area. Let me tell you, when I was called to preach, I knew I was handicapped in that area. I knew I was. Uh, and it was—it's—it continues to be a struggle. As a father, I know I'm handicapped in that area. I'm not the perfect father. I make incredible mistakes all the time. But I can lull or waller in that handicap of not being the perfect father and not father my kids or i can rise up seek after the lord count on him to come into my come to my rescue do his word and watch him work in my weakness do, do you follow as you were looking as you were pondering on those four things i said earlier why aren't you in the word why aren't you building a relationship what's your handicap sounds like a golf expression what is it what's your handicap You know what, write it down, look at it, take a look at it, and then give it to God. Say, okay, God, whether you deliver me of this or you don't, I'm going to focus in on your word, what you're saying to me, where are you calling me? Well, I kind of feel like I'm being called in this. Okay, then I'm going to go be proactive and go get myself involved in that. If that's not it, you can change it, but I'm going to go try. You know, with Abraham, the Lord said, I want you to go sacrifice Isaac. The promised child Isaac? What? What? You want me to do what? It's not what he said. He got up the next morning and packed up and headed. The Lord's saying, I believe the Lord's saying to us, church, take what I've given you and start sowing it and do it. And watch what I'll do in this church. Watch what I'll do in your families. Watch what I'll do in this city. Watch what I'll do in this nation. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways... If my people will just take the provision that I've given you and get it in the ground, I will bring rain when it's not supposed to rain. I will bring the sunlight. I will bring life. And I will bring it abundantly. And your fruit will, will you will have fruit when you're not supposed to have fruit. You'll get harvests not even from your own farm. But we have to do. We have to do. Man, are y'all with me? Man, I'm excited. I don't know about you. Let me, let me read one more. Let me continue just a little bit longer. Now, I take limitations in stride and with good cheer. These limitations cut me down to size. Abuse, accidents, oppositions, bad breaks. I just let Christ take over. And so the weaker I get, the stronger I become. So your handicap might fit there. Maybe you grew up in an, in an abusive situation. Accidents. Opposition. Just bad luck. Gloom, despair, and agony on me. This of misery. Oh, we got Ron back. Way to go, Ron. <laughs> you wouldn't know that song. Gloom, despair. I mean... How many, don't don't answer this, but how many of you live there? You know what? I got limitations. I take them in stride with good cheer. These limitations cut me down to size. All that's doing Satan is getting me positioned for God to bless me. The lower I get, the more he is in me. So go ahead, keep cutting me down. Abuse, accidents, opposition, bad breaks. I just let Christ take over. Because the weaker I get, the stronger I get. So, what what is it that's got you hung up? Get your focus off of it. And get your focus on doing what God's called you to do. And to start. Get in the Word. Get in the Spirit. Get in the body. And man, let's have a great 2016. Amen? Amen. I'm going to pray over you.